I've been reading um I've been reading a bunch of um I've been reading a bunch of uh Kings, Second Kings, just for funs. Uh it is a bit of fun actually if you if you're if you're into Bible stories, Second Kings is a bit of fun. Uh it's it's up down all over the place, but um I've been kinda caught up by Elisha. Elisha's story. We often focus on Elijah, but if if you get into Elisha's story it's it's wild. And actually Elisha doesn't seem to have the um he asked Elijah for a double portion of his power. It's an interesting one. There's a lot of focus on Elijah because he got taken up to heaven without dying, you know? Elisha didn't get that privilege, but Elijah did. Uh, so we often focus on Elijah, or he's revered as uh, somebody, but I, I just, I'm enamored by this guy, Elisha, who got double the power of Elijah and um, did some crazy shenanigans. Like, just miracles, like crazy stuff that God did through him. And even when he was dead, some dude got thrown into a grave next to him because they were panicking. People were burying burying a body after Elijah, uh, Elisha died. They were burying a body, and there were raiders coming, and they got scared, and they just threw the body into the tomb of Elisha, which is kind of like a weird thing. But they were like, yeah, let's just get out of here. It's like a weirdest story. It's just like this long in the Bible. And they threw him, and when the dead man touched Elisha's bones, he stood up, came back to life. Yeah, it's a weird story, right? There's these tiny little stories, like, and Elisha fed like uh, a whole bunch of people with a little, a few loaves of bread, like a hundred men with a few loaves of bread, um, and there was tons left over. It's like that wouldn't have been lost on the New Testament, in the New Testament story on the people at that time. They would have recognized that. It's just an interesting, it's interesting. Elisha had um, quite the life. So if you wanna, if you wanna get into miracles or. Uh, to the power of God, um, and he had a he had this really big yes. So I just want to talk about it a little bit. Um, he had this really big yes when um, Elijah, um, uh, God God told him go and find this guy Elisha, and call him to be your servant. Which is interesting. It's a little bit like Mary. It's like it's like God knew there was a man who existed who would roll with him. Yeah, but he was just a dude, like just a farmer. Elisha was just some dude, but he knew. And so then when, when Elijah came and asked him, Elisha took his the very oxen that he used to farm, like make a living, and just like burned them as a sacrifice and just went immediately. It's a, it's a crazy story, but anyway. Big yeses, hey? I um I I just I've been kind of caught in this idea of um of yeses as of late. I I think I think it's um I think it's like well let's let's um let's can I first read I want to read from I just feel like we should first read from uh Psalm 40. I'm not quite sure fully why. There is a piece of it that fits here but I just, I just want to I just want to read Psalm 40 can we do that together just let his word speak to us um, it'll be on the screen I think um, is it yeah I, I put it there didn't I yep. somewhere yeah will it be there is it working today yep. I, I don't want to run run ahead 
I, uh, it's in Amplified, right? I waited patiently and expectantly for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit of tumult and destruction, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet upon a rock, steadying my footsteps and establishing my path. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear with great reverence and will trust confidently in the Lord. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who makes the Lord his trust. And does not regard the proud, nor the one who's... Uh, that boy, he's... Oh, it's a beautiful. It's beautiful. I got stuck on, on this uh, word trust. Brad just spoke about trust, didn't he? Not so long ago, right? When we were away. I've been listening to the... I've been quickly catching up on the podcast and getting them up. And um, he was talking about trust. And I just... Yeah, blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who makes the Lord his trust. That's a powerful statement. And does not regard the proud, nor those who lapse into lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are the wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts towards us. There is none to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of your wonders, there would be too many to count. Sacrifice and meal offering you do not desire, nor do you delight in them. You have opened my ears and given me the capacity to hear and obey your word. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you do not require. I'm just going to get stuck there. I'm just going to stay there. Sacrifice and meal offerings you, didn't, you do not desire, nor do you delight in them. You have opened my ears and given me the capacity to hear and obey your word. In the message... That verse says, doing something for you, bringing something to you, that is not what you're after. Being religious, acting pious, that's not what you're asking for. You've opened my ears so I can listen. Yeah. I am... Um, I've been thinking about this idea of yeses. And that, actually, as we talk about these Bible stories, it becomes more and more clear to me that these were, uh, especially the big stories, right? You got like David, you got David who faces the Goliath, yeah, right? This is not his first yes, right? Like these big stories, like Noah's first yes wasn't, oh, sure, the flood's coming, I'll just pivot, you know? Right, because all these guys they talk about this like this life that they're living, yeah. Like Mary, before God, is seen as someone who is worth, worthy of this call. Yeah. It's an interesting thing to think about uh, that God would call you into something uh, because He thinks you're ready. But you, like you talked about, Moses and lots of others, I'm not sure anyone particularly feels like ready. What, what did, let, let's talk about this for a minute. We got that mic here. Let's think about, let's think about what are the, um, do you know Bible stories where uh, the yes isn't a full yes? 
It's a partial yes. Can you think of any? Can you? You can, Matthew? Oh, no. Like Moses is an interesting one, right? Because what, what, what happens to him? He, 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 like, he pushes for a long time. And then the Lord finally relents, right? And says, um, I'll give you Aaron, right? To speak for you. Because you're like, gosh, man, like, like, this is the fiery thing. We've shown you all the things and you still won't speak. Like, so he gives him Aaron, but Aaron becomes this thorn to him. Because later, Aaron leads the people in rebellion, right? Aaron's the one who's, who allows for the sacrifice of the golden calf, right? Aaron actually ends up, ends up dogging him, right? It yep. burns him in the end, which I think is an interesting one. When I'm reading Second Kings, all these kings, so many of them, um, they, they all, like, it'll, it'll, it'll come to a king, and they'll be like, this king reigned for however long, and he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, you know? Um, and then others say um, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, like his grandfather before him or his father before him. Um, but then, then there's a few of the kings where it qualifies, but he did not cut down the Asherah poles, which were, were idols. He did not like root out the problem. Okay, he did what was right. And the Lord blessed some of his things, but he didn't follow like, he didn't go all the way. Yeah? He didn't follow all the way through. And so the consequences of that is those remain in the land. And you see it like as you go through kings. I mean, you're waving through generations of, of, of time. But uh, ultimately, you're, you're seeing a lot of like um, mostly yeses or partial yeses. But then like the consequence of what's left over. Sometimes, like oh, like you know, um, uh, you know, Saul's job was to eliminate this, you know, group of people, and then he doesn't, right? And then the the consequence of that, like what God is, um, God asks for our big yes, yeah. And um, I I find I'm just finding it really interesting. Um, there the outcomes. What happens when I don't give him my whole yes, which which is a bit sobering. Uh, there's the rich man um, who says no, just outright, right? And he leaves Jesus. Um, the rich man comes to Jesus and he says, "Well, if you if you really want real life, here's a here's a big yes. You could offer me, you know, you could lay down everything and come follow me, right? Unlike his disciples, the rich man grieves and goes away. Jonah. Jonah. That's a complicated one. Yeah." Yeah. Yes, no, yes, no. The flip-flops, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the end of Jonah is so sad. So sad. It's like he's living the consequence out of his flip-flopness. Yeah, God uses Jonah to powerfully save a whole people, a group of people, but Jonah himself is lost, sort of, in that story. We don't really know the outcome. If if you don't know the end of Jonah, the end of the story is Jonah sits down under a tree and wants to die because God didn't use him to wipe out a people, and God was like, "What? <laughs> I had mercy. Like, what? What's your problem?" <laughs> it's an interesting. It's a it's a sad thing because Jonah's pride got in the way of his yes. So even when he finally got to a yes, it was like a lethargic. Yeah, 
oh, okay, you know, I'm desperate in the in hell here in the bottom of a whale, right? Like the, most of us would maybe say yes at that point, you know. So that's a sad one. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this yes thing. Sorry. So I'm up down all over here, but I've been thinking about this yes thing. I've been thinking about my life because I'm 40, which makes me old, Matthew. Makes me old. Well, but then it makes your dad older, so that's good. That's good. Then I just look at As and he's older and that's helpful. No. I just, um, once you put, I don't know, something happens once you put on a few more years, you start to see your life a little bit more patterned, right? Am I right? Those of you who are up over 30, all right, okay, all right, I'm talking some of you. Your life starts to have patterns to it, and I didn't see them when I was young. Uh, uh, and so be encouraged, young young ones in the room, and that, that's those, you know, you guys, it's okay. It will come clear to you, clearer to you. You may already see some patterns forming. Some things, the way the Lord works in your life, or the way He's protected you, or the way, whatever. But um, I just want you to know, as you get older, the patterns become uh, clearer and actually start to tell a, a complex story um, that I find interesting. So I, I was on our uh, trip, and I was um, headed to uh, we we flew to Winnipeg, Canada, which is the middle of the Canada. It's like going to like Alice Springs. It's how remote it is feeling. And uh, it's, the it's also quite flat. Yes, very flat. And we flew into there and we enjoyed our time there. And then um, we, because of the way we arranged our trip, which was really great, my parents were able to send like a, a minivan, like a Kia Carnival, like a, like a mini, we call them vans, uh, people movers, all right? That's, that's your language. Uh, we sent one of those over there. Uh, they sent one two provinces over, so it's like two states over, so it's like further than Sydney away. But they sent it with somebody and was there when we got there, and so we got to drive around. It was a real blessing with their van. And then, uh, but the only curse is that you must drive back all the way across now to Alberta, which would be nicer just to fly. So it's an hour and a half flight or, you know, 15 hours with the children in the car, right? So this is the, this is the difference, okay? And now you guys are aware of the drives across flat no man's land. It exists uh, here. And so uh, we, and I have done this drive more times than I can count in my life. Every year, every couple times a year sometimes uh, of my up, up, yeah. I, probably not more times than I can count, but it feels that way. I have done this lap a lot. Uh, and so, um, uh, I do not need to drive across Saskatchewan. All right, Saskatchewan is like the bumhole of Canada, and it just is unnecessary, unnecessary place to, sorry, is it, is it? Well, if that helps you, that is the terrible. It is not a place you want to go. It's flat and straight, and it's fine. And um, one of my, one of my great, uh, my greatest, the one of the greatest stories is of um, a friend who has a friend from Switzerland, and she moved to Winnipeg, and driving out of Winnipeg in the barren land, wasteland of the flatness is her favorite spot in the whole entire world because she's from Switzerland, where you can't see anything. Uh, 
So it's all perspective, isn't it? it yeah. And so, uh, but Saskatchewan is particularly boring. If Manitoba has at least some hills and valleys, uh, Saskatchewan does not appear to have any uh, along the bottom anyway where we drive. So we're driving, and uh, but the blessing is that I'm driving with my family. Uh, my sister and brother-in-law are also have a minivan and with their three boys. So we're rotating ourselves around and uh, driving across the country, and it was lovely. And I'm sitting with my brother-in-law, who's a pastor, uh, in a church over there, and we're just we're just chatting about life, and um, and sometimes it's hard to translate my life to their life. The life that we live here feels really different than life as we know it. You know what I mean? And it just feels a bit hard to translate it. Like what what do you do, and what's life like, and you know, um, and they do church a little differently. And anyway, so we. I find it challenging, and so I was saying to the Lord, "I would you would you come and would you um, make this fruitful, make this trip fruitful?" I say all that because the Lord's good at making making uh, things come alive that um, uh, feel like they're going to be dead or useless. This is a useless drive. Uh, but as it turns out, this one conversation with my brother-in-law in the most barren part of Saskatchewan was the most life-giving uh, time for me, maybe of our whole trip because of the way that uh, it's got me thinking. And so we were talking about, uh, not particularly about big yeses, but about uh, points in our life or decisions in our life that we make where uh, the whole of our life seems to hinge on that decision. And kind of the goodness of God or the grace of God to like have helped us like say yes or move in that direction or even just acknowledge that maybe it was him more than I gave him credit for. One of the things for me is um, for me when I was 16, so we were talking about this and I started to think, okay, well, what's mine? Because he had this really cool story of like, if I didn't do that my whole life, doesn't exist like it kind of feels like that if i didn't go there i don't know that the rest of my life would have formed in the way that it did you know and how would you know that when you're young you just have no idea right and so i was 16 and these two girls came uh they were in my class at school and they came into class and they said we've got we've got um this one day i mean one day i mean we knew it existed but they were like we're hiring staff at camp and um, and you should come work at camp this summer, right? And so for a 16-year-old, um, uh, that's like a big deal, right? It's my whole summer, eight weeks, my entire summer. It's my whole summer break. Uh, come work at camp. And something burned in me to do that. I wanted to do it, um, and I was thinking about being a chef. Did you know Tim's a chef? Did you guys know that? He's a chef. Anyway. And Grace is a master chef, so look, that was it was on my heart. Actually, at 16, I was like, oh, maybe I want to be a chef. I didn't play guitar, by the way. I just picked up the guitar for the first time in my grade 10 year. So I wasn't like leading worship or anything like that. I, I could sing, but I wasn't like particularly doing anything remnant of anything that I, you know, of, of my skills and ability. I was loud, okay? I was, I was quite loud. I was reasonable with people, and I liked playing basketball. Um, so, uh, 
but something burned in me to go to camp. And, and I thought, well, I'm thinking about being a chef, so can I work in the kitchen? Yes, we need help in the kitchen. All right, so I signed up to work in the kitchen at camp. So as a 16-year-old, I, I went to camp. I remember, I can remember it to this day, pulling up with my parents up to the staff lodge out on this deck. Uh, we were early because mom was going to fit my sheets onto my bed special. Have you heard this before? Because, and out, out comes this young man, 19 years old, onto the deck. Hi, welcome to camp. My name's Brad. Right? And uh, that's the start of camp for me. So that's life. And uh, lately it's been triggering me because camp, when we first got here and stuff, I've thought about it or whatever. And then we started doing holiday camps and it was like, Oh gosh, that's really bringing me back. But it's like, and now it's like feeling like, Oh gosh, it's really the thing. Like we're not stopping. Right. It's kind of the thing. And so it's got me a bit reflective lately. So I'm here, I'm sitting with Andrew and I'm, and he's like, what is it for you? And I'm like, I'm like, I think I can see my whole life from 16. Like that decision, just that one moment. I don't think it was some epic like God coming to me saying, will you go to camp for me, Curtis? And me saying, yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? It was not like that at 16. It was just a burning in my heart, a desire maybe even, um, uh, maybe a knowing, maybe a, maybe an understanding or, and a want even. Like I just, yeah. Because I was going to miss out. I was thinking about it. I was going to miss out on all our family holiday stuff. I wouldn't get to go to family camp with my, with my parents. We went to somewhere else. I wouldn't get to go to other camps like I had attended before. I wouldn't get to do Like I'm 16. I, there's lots to do at 16. We didn't have jobs back then. Mowing lawns maybe, but that was about it. So it's like I didn't have any other plans. You know what I mean? So summer was a break. And somehow I turned it in for a kitchen job like washing dishes and working in the kitchen, right? And so, but my whole life fulcrums on that. So then I was there until, I was there for all the summers, basically all the summers from then until I was 23, uh, 22. So it was kind of six, seven years there of summers. And, uh, and, and then full-time full the last three years. But the last three years uh, at camp were really hard. Brad left and he had married Leela and he left and came back here. Uh, and I kind of took over for him at 21 with this other girl. Anyway, it was a really hard year, and and then and then backed with another super hard year uh, where I was leading a program alone at 20 at 22, and uh, and then right before camp, um, um, our camp flooded, and we lost we lost well over a million dollars worth of of buildings and things and. Uh, it was an obscene uh, scene as the as the river flooded and took out most of our infrastructure. And so it was this really hard finish. I felt uh, unseen and not backed by our by our camp board and leadership and and in the end just needed to just go and kind of came to Australia and collapsed. like <laughs> that was sort of when I arrived here, I wasn't wasn't well particularly. And so for me, uh, for me, camp has this like, yes, I learned a lot of things and, and did a lot of things, but I, I have this, there's this shadow over it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so I felt like in this conversation though, it kind of took me all the way back and it was like, if you don't do that, there's no like life. Cause like life led me there. 
then that was Brad, then that was Australia. Then that led me back to Red Deer, which I, I never would have done in that process. And it led me to a job that I picked up only because I needed it for half a year. Uh, and then I fell in love with it. And then I met my wife, right? And then it's led me on this cycle. And then, and then we did a few years there. And then, and then um, we got married and moved to Winnipeg. Um, and then somehow, look where we're, we're back. Uh, Brad seems to be a fulcrum point as well for me. So that's if you're ever wondering what, what's the deal with those guys. It's it's not that like we're like Brad's like, hey, you're my best friend, and I'm like, hey, you're my best friend. It's not there our relationship. I don't know if you noticed, but it's this weird like we are knit together somehow. Like the Lord has just decided. It's not we don't choose this. Like like I like him. I like him, but but like don't don't hear that. But like you'll hear him that's that's it's a strange thing, you know. You'll hear him talk the same. Like it's this strange thing how the Lord knits you with people and you just those are just your people. They just they just are. And like we've had these seasons of like far apart, but we always had these little connections and so and whether we stay here forever, like I don't know, there's another hopefully there's another forty years in the books and there'll be a story. You know, maybe it's not all about camp. Maybe it doesn't all hinge there. Maybe it hinges somewhere else later, you know. But for me right now, there's this massive yes at 16. I said yes, and then I can see some consecutive yeses throughout. Yes to stay on. Yes to hold on. Yes to come, you know. And then, and then, um, and so my, my heart in, um, my heart in today is that, um, the Lord isn't asking for um, a bunch. Uh, uh, my heart in today is to say to you, I don't think the Lord is asking for um, uh, a bunch of things you can do for him. Sort yourselves out, fix it up, make it all look good and shiny for me. Do you know what I mean? A bunch of like, uh, I think he's asking for some some yes. Um, you know, Psalm 40, which we just read. Don't, I don't need your sacrifices and your show. I don't need, I, I just want your yes. Yes to what I ask you to do. Now I find this fascinating because in, through my life, uh, I can see the stories just like the Bible of the the yeses and the half yeses and the, the yes buts, you know, and the consequences of like, oh, I'll do it, but like reluctantly, you know, and then the, the big yeses that, and, 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 um, I, I would say like, if I was probably pretty honest, like most of my yeses come with some like buts. Yeah. What did I say to, what did I say to you when we moved here? I was like, I was like, um, I'll, you can go home every year. Didn't I say something like that? I'll send you home every year if you want, you know? It was kind of a yes, but. It was like, we know we're going, but I need to take this sting off somehow, you know? It's like when then we got here and it was like, whole oh, realistically, that's like impossible, right? Like, that doesn't even make any sense, right? But it was kind of like, you know, the yes, but. And then, so it became, um, a year later, it became very painful, that yes, but, 
right? Yes, we'll go and we'll throw ourselves into it, but don't worry, you can always go back. It's like, well, no, <laughs> it's not, you can't always just go, you know, it's not how it worked, you know? And so it's like, oh, that was painful. You know, we learned through that. Okay. All right. It's asking a big yes again. It asks us to like actually say yes. You know, is your plan better than ours? We've had a few rounds of that one. Um, and so my heart for us today, and it's not, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's sort of summed up in this, um, in this, yes, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah 6, 8, is that there? Isaiah 6, 8, um, is an interesting one. I was reading some commentaries about this. Um, we all know this verse, do we? Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here I am, send me. This is an interesting one uh, because Isaiah, if you catch the context, Isaiah is in the throne room of God. He's likely in the temple in the Holy of Holies and he's observing angels and the interaction of holy beings with the throne of God. And so this is an interesting question. They don't, uh, they is, is the Trinity. This is God saying who will go for us. Uh, and um, they are not pointing that question at Isaiah. They're just saying it out loud and he's jumping in. I thought that was an interesting commentary on that. He's not being asked to go. They're just speaking it. And he's saying, here I am. I'll go. Yeah. And I don't know if he knew what he was suggesting because then, you know, Isaiah's life after that wasn't so fun. Uh, but it's a big yes. And why did he say yes? Because he had encountered the living God and, and he was seeing and observing the actual God, a God who affects change and uh, can do and is the most powerful. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, man, I... Uh, I want to be in a position, as I look at all these stories, I look at the consequences of kings who said yes, but. Uh, I look at my life, the fulcrum of my life, the yeses that have led me through my whole life, the blessings that I have today because of the yeses. And I, I think, oh, that's amazing. And I know you have some stories too. The yeses you've said. Um, and, then, and then the, you know, the humbling feeling of the no's. How many no's have I said? What have I missed? Because I've been like, mm, no. Or like Moses, no, 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 no. But but God keeps saying, I'm I'm doing, I'm coming. I'm and His grace to do that really, because He could just flick Moses out of the way and said, fine, I'll use Aaron or I'll use Joshua, I'll use somebody else, you know. But He doesn't. He holds with him, and I think that's the faithfulness of God with me. Because I'm more like Moses than I would like to admit, you know, sometimes. is like my yes buts. Like, oh, I can't see the outcome. I don't know really what's coming around the corner. But I kind of want to be more like, I mean, first of all, I think we can be honored if the Lord is asking us to do something. I think we should, like Mary, worships God and, and gives a resounding yes because she's so honored by his coming to you and saying, will you, will you go for me? Will you lead 
this. And I mean, we can, um, I think we can put this into lots of our lives, but uh, like lots of the things, like like we have kids and God says, will you, will you steward this? Will you take this on? Will you, will, will you, will you go? Will you do this? Um, you know, I think that lots of our, our life asks for big yeses. But I think as we acknowledge more and more that God um, wants to speak, and he actually wants to say something, and we're singing these songs today, you know, um, uh, I'm not in a hurry when it comes to your spirit, when it comes to your presence, when it comes to your voice. I'm learning to listen. Um, I'm starting to notice that you're speaking. It's like it's right there in the truth of that. It's like he's speaking He's calling. He's asking for yeses. There are generic yeses that we kind of like lay over our life, but I actually would, would, would want to challenge us to have a think about, well, what are the actual things though? What, what is something in our life that the Lord is like saying, hey, will you come? Will you give me a big yes here? Is there something? Is there something I'm having an argument with him about at the moment? Is there a, can you think of something? Um that that um, he's asking of you, but you're hesitant to give your full yes to. When I when I read these stories in the Old Testament about half yeses, it terrifies me. <laughs> but what I love about Jesus and about the grace of God is that um, he is patient and kind and he comes back again and he says all right how about now <laughs> and i think sometimes we're looking for him to oh, can you ask me a different yes can you ask me a different question i got no problem moving you know i got no problem moving but i don't like you know i don't know giving up this or that or I got no, I got no problem, uh, you know, moving in with someone, but I, but I do have a problem with, you know, not enough, you know, money in my, in my, in my, in my belt, you know, or not enough security or not enough certainty or not enough, you know, all these things, it's qualifications, these things, you know, it's fear, right? Like I'm worried about, I, I still need control. Okay, I'll do that. You know, and the Lord works with us. I think it's so interesting. He worked with all those kings. He did really cool things through the kings, but there were consequences to not a full yes. And I'm like, oh, I think <laughs> I think I have lots of those in my life too. Yeah. And so I, I, I want to shake some of those. And I love the Lord who's gracious with me and will... Um, will work with me and will uh, help reveal those things to me. Because it doesn't come from, oh, you could do better at this, or you should, 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 should. It comes from this voice, the stillness, the get quiet with him and say, Lord, what? What is it that you're asking for today, just today? What yes can I give you today? Because I will guarantee you Noah is not saying yes for the first time. Yeah? These stories of these faithful men, Abraham, 
this is this is a dude who has a like he said some big yeses early on. His first yes was kind of like, "There's a God who's speaking to me, and He's asking me to move." There's a reason Abraham's the father of our faith, the father of it, because it was like there was no other concept of it. So He led the way for us to so that we can take courage. The Lord speaks and he moves and he calls us to move, calls us to think differently, calls us, challenges us. Yeah. And so is it, there's, that's a mind blowing story, but he doesn't ask us to have the same faith as Abraham in the, in the same way. Abraham's the father. He's the one who showed us the way now. Will you now, right? I speak, you can trust me just like, those who have gone before, right? The cloud of witnesses, so to speak. Anyway, all right. Hebrews 10, 23 and 25. We're going to end it with this because this is what we're doing here. I'm coming all the way back <coughs> to my first to my first uh, question of the morning. What, what are you doing here? What are we doing here? What's the point? What are we here for? And I like what Hebrews says in Hebrews... Uh, I should shut my um, um but I need man this is the this is the consequence of having app app bible you're going to get messages while you're looking up you're looking up stuff I'm really enjoying by the way I carried some of my heavy bibles back from Canada cuz I'm I'm enjoying having my bibles back cuz you can't carry books on a plane stupid so much weight but this time I I wanted to bring my Bibles back, so I've appreciated having it back. But I just wanted to read Hebrews 10. What is it? 23 as? Yeah. Because this is what we're doing here, or or at least um, this is the idea. Hebrews 10, 23. Uh, he, he, by the way, he's he's talked about the amazing things that God has done for us. In who he is and what he's, how he sacrificed himself for us. And then he says, Let us seize and hold tightly to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love and do good deeds. Not forsaking meeting together as... Uh, uh, not forsaking meeting together as believers for worship and instruction, as this is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more faithfully as you see the day of Christ's return approaching. This is what we're doing here. We're meant to take our yeses and roll them in together. Because some of what we have is a yes because we're, we've said yes together. Yeah, I think of this place, even this camp, and it runs on that. It runs on our big yes, doesn't it? And um, I think of our church family. It runs because we all say yes to being together. Yeah, we're drawn together, and we say yes, we're going to get up on Sunday morning and make our way here, no matter how hard it is or what it, what it costs, we're going to get here because uh, it matters somehow. And that is such an encouragement to me. I hope it is to you too. It's just such an encouragement to be with you today. Thanks for hearing me out, my wanderings. But um, let's just chat about it. Um, do you see in your life yeses that have led you to good things? And do you uh, do you see um, 
your opportunity to um, reach for for more. I do. I feel like even in this, like I'm just preaching it myself. It's like, okay, Lord, what are the yeses today? What are the yeses going forward? And and um, I don't want to. I don't want to live a consequence of of a half yes. I kind of want to find my way to the big yes. So what what are you asking? What are you asking? And how can I do that anyway? And just encourage each other. Pray for each other if it's hard. If this is a hard thing for you, it's like I know what the Lord's asking, but I can't. It's like that's really relatable. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, to encourage each other and to spur each other on. So anyway, let's pop into a couple groups, chat about it for a bit, then we'll come back together.